This film is lit. The podcast where we finally settle the score on one simple question. Is the book really better than the movie? I'm Brian, and I have a film degree, so I watch the movie, but don't read the book. And I'm Katie. I have an English degree, so I do things the right way and read the book before we watch the movie. So prepare to be wowed by our expertise and charm as we dissect all of your favorite film adaptations and decide if the silver screen or the written word did it better. So turn it up, settle in, and get ready for spoilers, because this film is lit. No film has ever been more ruined by the mere existence of another movie than this one was by the existence of Shrek. It's Ella Enchanted, and this film is lit. Hello and welcome back to a very special episode of This Film is Lit. One where Katie gets to yell and be angry. I'm <laughs> Those pretty are always angry. Fun ones. <laughs> it is the 44th episode of the podcast where we talk about movies that are based on books. The movie we're talking about this week is Ella Enchanted, the 2004 film based on the book Ella Enchanted. Uh, Katie, you got a little disclaimer before we get I like, started. I like a, a thing. I don't know if it's really a disclaimer. <laughs> it's, it's just a thing that I want to say. I was going to try really, really hard not to curse in this episode um, because I wanted this to be something that maybe younger kids who love this book could listen to. Um, or like, you know, maybe if a teacher wanted to use it in a classroom, yes, that kind of thing. Uh, but after watching the movie, I honestly don't know if I can achieve this. I'm going to try. We'll see how it goes. Yes, uh, I will. Uh, I will promise right now that this will be a family-friendly episode, uh, whether or not Katie ends up cursing, because I will censor said curses. So, if you are planning to use this in a class or have your kids listen or anything of the sort, uh, there will be no foul language audible <laughs> by the time you're listening to this. Whether or not any was spoken at the time is a different story. But on that note, to that end, if you thought the episode for Percy Jackson and the Olympians or Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children was salty, strap in. <laughs> Let's get to our first segment. Let me sum up. Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. In Let Me Sum Up, if you have not read the book or the movie... First off, there will be spoilers abound throughout the course of this episode, which is always the case for our main episodes. But if you have not and can't be bothered to do either of those things, we will give you a brief overview, a brief synopsis uh, uh, of what these are about. So, Katie, go ahead and get them a little bit of a taste of Ella Enchanted, the book, while I don't listen. When she was only a few days old, Ella was cursed by the fairy Lucinda, who thought she was giving the baby a gift. Because of Lucinda's interference, Ella must always be obedient. Whenever anyone gives her a direct order, she is compelled to obey, even if it harms or endangers her. For the first 15 years of her life, Ella is protected by her mother. But when her mother dies, she is left in the care of her father, a greedy and unscrupulous merchant. Her father eventually marries a rich but odious woman with two horrible daughters. 
Ella's stepfamily doesn't know about her curse, but slowly come to realize that she can't keep herself from obeying their commands. As her story progresses, Ella builds a deep relationship with the prince of the land, suffers through finishing school, almost gets eaten by ogres, and is eventually forced to be a servant in her own home. But will she ever be able to break Lucinda's curse? All right, that was a synopsis of Ella Enchanted the book. Now I'm going to do my best. Katie wrote hers out. I did not write my (laughs) synopsis. I like to kind of stumble through them. Uh, So let me sum up the film. Ella Enchanted uh, is about, uh, it starts off as a story about Ella, obviously, hence the name. Uh, Ella's born, uh, and as a child, as a babe, a wee babe, a fairy godmother, uh, which I had a little trouble telling if they like her or know her, shows up. Uh, I mean, they know her, but shows up and uh, gives Ella a gift, that gift, uh, quote-unquote gift. That gift is that Ella must always obey any command anybody ever gives her um thus kind of setting up the the twist on cinderella um she grows up uh ultimately her mother dies uh her father remarries or re i guess they get married we don't see that in the movie but he gets a new uh a new wife who has uh the two evil stepsisters uh, of traditional cinderella lore um, who show up in the house. Uh, they realize that they can make Ella do whatever they want by telling them, telling her to. So the sisters abuse this to their own amusement and uh, to their own ends throughout the course of kind of the first act of the film. Ultimately, it all kind of kicks off when Ella meets Prince Char, because, who is the, the prince of the realm, uh, at a thing, at a rally, or uh, he's at a thing. Uh, He's—I don't even know—he's getting reintroduced to the kingdom because he's been away for school. I think uh, all the girls love him, uh, including Ella's stepsisters. They want to marry him. He ends up running into Ella. They have a little meet cute. He ends up falling in for her because she doesn't have any. She doesn't really like him. You know, she has no strong feelings about him. She's indifferent, uh, and this is appealing to him. Uh, some more hijinks ensues. She decides she needs to go out and find her uh the fairy godmother who did this to her because otherwise um she'll i can't remember the reason her sisters will keep abusing her there's some reason specifically that she says now is the time i have to go find i I can't remember for the life of me uh now is the time i have to go find my step uh my fairy godmother she goes out to find her um and uh, takes goes all over the place with a book who's a person and then can't really find her. Ends up bump, bumping into Char some more. They fall in love some more. Uh, ends up into Castle f- to look at the Royal Archives or something to see and think maybe that'll help her find her aunt. They run into some giants along the way. When they get to the castle, Edgar, the prince's uncle, realizes who what's going on with her by talking to her sisters and basically uses uh, the fact that the prince loves her uh, against him by ordering Ella to kill the prince so that he can take the throne, essentially, so that his uncle, Uncle Edgar, who is the villain of the story, can take the throne. She uh, is like, I don't want to do this. Uh, so she straps herself to a tree, but then her fairy godmother shows up and f- messes things up again. And ultimately, Ella, through the sheer force of will... Stops herself from killing the prince. Um, some more shenanigans happen with the the, the, the coronation. 
the villain is stopped by his own evil plan, uh, and they live happily ever after and sing show tunes together. Not show tunes, but they do show tunes together. It's a uh, pop song, a but they number, do a yeah. musical number together. And everybody lives happily ever after. Uh, her curse is broken. The evil stepsisters are vanquished. Edgar is not dead, apparently. Um, which was weird. And uh, that's it. The end. So you that's know, Ella Enchanted the movie. Since we started doing this segment, I would really like to do some kind of comparison between like the approximate length of time it takes you to explain the plot versus how good we ended up thinking the movie was. Yes. Yes. Uh, convoluted plots aren't... Not that this movie's super convoluted, but it's a little convoluted. It was written by how many people? Oh, yes. We saw in the credits, which I, I only noticed like two when I was looking at IMDb for the prequel episode, but in the credits, I've like six people are credited, which is yeah. never a good sign. <laughs> Uh, usually, like generally speaking, when you have that many people, it means there was lots of rewrites, lots yeah. of what do we do with this? Let's get somebody else in here to look at it and go over it. And you end up with a bit of a hot mess, which is kind of what I think they ended up with, which we'll get into as we as we get into the rest of our segments. But first, it's the game show portion, which we have quite a few this week. Guess who? Who are you? No one of consequence. I must know. get used to disappointment. Yeah, we have um, six this week because this is something that I love about kids' books um, and middle grade books in particular do this a lot. They have character descriptions, and yeah. I love character descriptions because I like to see how people describe other people. That's something that I find interesting. There you go. And it's perfect for our game. So it if is. you don't know, in this game, Katie's going to read the descriptions from the book. I, who have not read the book, will try to guess which character from the movie I think that description relates to. Let's do it. Her freckles standing out sharper than usual. Her frizzy gray hair in disarray. Her double chin shaking with anger. Gray hair, freckles, double chin. Woof. Um... Okay, uh, it could be the uh, the stepmother who shows up. Could be uh, could be the the fairy godmother. Could be the other fairy house fairy godmother or whatever. Um, I think those are like the main. It could be her mom, kind of. I guess. That seems unlikely. I'm going to guess that this is her fairy godmother. The the one who, whatever her name is, uh, uh, the one who shows up, Vivica A. Fox. The one who curses her. Yes. Lucinda. Lucinda. It is not Lucinda. Okay. It's actually Mandy, the other fairy. The other one, the yeah. house, they call her a house fairy, I think, in yeah. the movie. Okay. That was one of my other guesses, but yeah. Darn it. <laughs> I have a feeling I'm not going to do well on this one. I could be wrong, but that's the feeling. <laughs> with his mossy green hair and skin tinged with orange for the coming autumn, he was no more frightening than a pumpkin vine. He smiled, showing pale green teeth. Read that one more time real quick. <laughs> with his mossy green hair and skin tinged with orange for the coming autumn, he was no more frightening than a pumpkin vine. He smiled, showing pale green teeth. Green hair, green teeth, 
orange skin. I'm going to go out. This is not remotely the character in the movie, but I'm going to go out on a limb and imagine that this is maybe the elf. Uh, again, I don't remember any of these people's names, um, <laughs> but uh, the elf character. It is the elf character. Yay. Whose name was Slannon. Slannon? I think that's what it was. Okay. I don't think they changed it for the movie. It's Slannon in the book. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. sure I, I missed it in the movie completely, so I'm going to have to take your word for that. But I got it right, so killing it. One for two. <laughs> he had tawny curls and swarthy skin. He also had a sprinkling of freckles across his nose, surprising on such a dark face. Well, the hair makes me think prince uh i'm gonna say that that is prince char it is two for three i'm killing it yeah the hair was what i went the hair, on there. yeah and the swarthy skin i mean not really he's sort of generic white boy in the movie but yeah he's, but the he's got curly hair so all right tall and graceful with huge eyes skin as unblemished as satin Lips as red as pomegranate seeds, and cheeks the color of early sunset. Hmm. Well, I mean, that could, no. I mean, it could be Ella, but it's probably not. They would talk about her hair. It's a pretty distinct feature, both on the cover of the book that I've seen and with in the movie. Um, I doubt it's either of the sisters. I feel like those descriptions would be a little less... Flattering. Flattering. <laughs> Same for the stepmother, uh, which leaves the Lucinda and her mother. I'm not saying it, 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 it would be my best guesses. Um, I don't even know if you, you said her. Did you say a gender in there? Or am I just implying that based on the red lips? And I did not say a gender. Okay. Good catch. I didn't think so, but still, I'm just going to kind of infer based on the descriptives that were chosen. Um I'm going to say that that is Lucinda. It is Lucinda. Okay. Three for four. You Oof. are killing it. I'm calm. I was like worried at the beginning. <laughs> I really didn't think I was going to do well on this one. <laughs> but yeah, especially because I had a feeling they changed so much because I know from mm-hmm. the little we've discussed of the movie, how much of the movie is different than the book that I was yeah. worried the characters and a lot of them aren't. Well, similar. they did. They did change. But I mean, that's another thing about children's literature too is that the physical descriptions tend to be a really good marker of like who the characters are yeah the speaker was a tall plump lady with long and wavy honey-colored tresses her face was pasty white with twin spots of rouge on the cheeks okay this is the stepmother it is the stepmother yeah (laughs) it's it's dame olga yeah olga yep stepmother all right Her dark hair was plaited into many braids that were gathered and woven into a knot high on her head. Her skin was the color of cinnamon with a hint of raspberry on her cheeks. Her lips curved up naturally, giving her a pleased and contented air. Uh, That, to me, assuming they went, uh, they tried to stick to it, that uh, her friend... Again, I would, I would, uh, I, you know, it coming after the stepmother, I was thinking initially, like maybe it's one of stepsisters, but again, that's not a, that's too flattering. And the, the, you know, the sort of natural smile on her face doesn't, to me, doesn't read 
how you would describe mm-hmm. one of the evil stepsisters in a children's book. Uh, and again, the character description actually does kind of fit her friend who I cannot, who, who, and assuming they kept this the same is a, um, some sort of, uh, from a faraway land. Mm-hmm. Arita. 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 Yes, it is Arita. Boom. <laughs> Five for six. How many are we doing? That's it. Six. Holy cow, I killed it. Um, I don't have descriptions of Hattie or Olive, really? the stepsisters. There are descriptions in the book, but they're just described as being like miniature versions of the stepmother. Yeah. So I didn't include that. Okay. Wow. I did way better than I expected, so <laughs> I'm going to pat myself on the back for that one like she does in the movie. Although she pats herself on the shoulder, which was very annoying to me. But I guess that's like maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, whatever. All right, that's it for Guess Who. Hopefully you did as well as I did, because uh, I crushed it. Let's move on to was that in the book? Nicholas Flamel is the only known maker of the Philosopher's Stone. The what? Honestly, don't you two read? All right, in was that in the book? It's uh, pretty self-explanatory. I asked about things from the movie to see if they were in the book. Big one, first one. <laughs> and this, oh boy, we'll talk about this a lot. Maybe here, maybe later. I don't know where we're going to get into it the most. Probably been better in the book. But the movie uh, is uh, has a very uh, unique That's one way to put it. Choice of setting where it is a uh, it is anachronistic, I mm-hmm. think might be the best word for it. Yeah. Um, where there's lots of uh modern things plopped into this uh you know typical fantasy medieval yeah uh setting and this is where the comparison to shrek like really really this, comes in this came in in the intro and i i still I, I had this feeling during you said the same thing and i have been thinking it and i think my intro kind of sums it up is that this movie feels like it was absolutely ruined by Shrek being as popular yeah. as it was. Any just, chan- just the sheer existence of Shrek. Any chance this movie had died when <laughs> Shrek made millions and millions of dollars. Uh, so uh, so the anachronistic setting, uh, are there like modern news? Not modern. Again, it's the thing it's where like it's like the fantasy, fantasy versions, versions of modern yeah. things. Um, so you have like the fantasy version of a newspaper. newspaper and wristwatches and playgrounds for kids and yeah. escalators and and like all the, you know, all this silly nonsense. Just a lot of really dumb stuff. And, you know, and all the stores are like, like... I think there's like stores that have like ye olde versions of like modern store yeah. names. It's like the Gap, but it's like ye old Gap and stuff. You know what I mean? Like yeah, stuff like that. Uh, is that what's going on in the book? Absolutely not. Ooh, boy, uh, the book is a like a pretty standard fantasy land Ooh, setting. Boy. This movie aged so poorly oh, in that God. regard. It is such a product of its time. Again, it is a product of coming out three years after mm-hmm. Shrek, which it works great in Shrek, I think. I think it arguably. works. Arguably. I think arguably it works better animated yes. than it does live action. I agree. Live action, it comes off looking really cheesy. It looks really cheesy, which this movie in general is looks way yeah. cheaper than it probably should. This yeah. was a Disney film, was it not? I looked up the budget, uh, but maybe not. 
Um, I looked up the budget. It was a $35 million budget. 2004 is not an insane budget, but it's not mm-hmm. no money. Like, it's enough money to make this. And, you know, and some of the stuff looks good. Like the, And we'll talk about it. But the snake looks great in this movie. Like, considering the time period. Okay, the animation. The time period. No, no, no. I, I mean, 2004, that snake looks, I think, really good. But, like, compared to, like, the only thing in the movie that looks that good, comparatively. Um, but, yeah, the setting, that uh, the anachronisms was mm-hmm. rough. It's very, it, it's very cartoonish. Yes. And it looks too clean. Yeah. And I, and I get what they were going for with the, because it is a, a bit of a, a satire on your typical, it's a bit of a send-up of your typical... Uh, at least the movie is going mm-hmm. for a, a satire of your typical um, fairy tale story. Yeah. It is not, you know, it is a, a twist on Cinderella where they get um, that is that is unique and trying to do its own thing. So they, I think they thought, well, we can have fun with this in a way that the book doesn't do. People will like it. Shrek was huge and did similar stuff. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that'll work great. But it it just again, I think you like, I think you're right and nailed it. That in in real in live action, it it look it looks like it reminds me. It's like a um, uh, like Robin Hood Men in Tights does stuff like that, mm-hmm. which is a spoof movie. Yes, like it's a straight spoof movie. Yes. Um, whereas this isn't a spoof movie. This is a, yeah. at least it shouldn't be in my opinion, because I think the essence, the the core of the story that they go for could no, work right. totally it, it fine in a standard. It is satirical, but it's, right. it's not a parody. It's not a parody, and it's not a spoof, but it, it does have elements that are satirical, and I, I think they took that way too far. Yes. At I least know, absolutely. That's what it's, and we'll talk about it And later. I think if you're going to do something like that in a live action movie, it either, like you said, it has to be a spoof. Yeah. Or you go like kind of subtle with it, like a knight's tale. Right. Because that's like the a, other movie yeah. I thought of was a knight's tale. And but it, yes. that has like elements of that here and there, but it's not overwhelming. No, it's not constant. And and in that movie, the set design in that movie was good. And it's been a long time since I've seen it. But from what I remember, it, it pulls it off good enough that it, your the movie doesn't end up looking like uh, like, like a high the school, early two thousands barfed, right? And like a high school level production, like yeah. like the sound stages are all very obvious, uh, and and the sets all yeah. look very cheap. And the to other, some like the other thing that I really took issue with to that end was the costumes. Oh, they're terrible. They're awful. Ella's is great. Everybody else's is terrible. Ella's looks fine. Yeah, like her look, stuff looks fine. fine. Everybody else, it's it's. It's, it's straight high it's school. It's the old version of what we were wearing in 2002 yeah. and 2003. Yeah, it's straight community theater level, yeah. Yeah. but like we're, uh, it's it's real rough. There's a few good costumes and the rest are just look cheap and terrible. Like Slannon's like vest, like yeah. camo weird vest thing he has on looks all like, yeah. And that's where even like, like even Shrek that did all of the anachronistic stuff, they didn't do that with the costumes. No, they just look like normal. They just look like normal. Yeah. Like fantasy type yeah. stuff. Yeah. And who knows? I'm sure a lot of it wasn't super. You know, well, I mean, we're not I'm sure a, it's not, not period, period accurate. Well, they weren't in a period. So fair, it didn't, yeah. you know, there is no period to be accurate to. But yeah, I, you know, they're probably from different periods and that right. sort of thing. But it all looked 
you know, fairly realistic from what you would expect. And again, maybe that cheats a little bit, or it's easier to kind of cheat that with animation versus live action. Right. But I agree. Yeah, I thought the costumes were also... Everything about this movie I thought just looked really cheap and not yes. well well produced and well put together. But we'll talk about it more. So yeah, the anachronistic setting, which uh, arguably ruins the movie, uh, not from the book. It does not help it. That's for dang sure. <laughs> um... Is there a big segregation storyline? Uh, again, I say big. The movie ended up kind of shunting that they, to the yeah, side. They for make, most the of movie it. makes more of it than it ends up paying off. Yeah, the movie makes a big end. deal of it at the beginning, and then it goes away. But then it does come back at the end, which was interesting. Uh, in the movie, all of the non-human uh, species are right, the, banished the elves, to the, the, giants, the woods. The ogres. Yeah. They're essentially banished uh, and not allowed to live within the kingdom or whatever. They have yeah. to go live in the woods, that sort of thing. It's a segregation storyline, um, which is interesting. And Ella's sort of and her friends are sort of, uh, you know, activists against yeah. it. And that and that's kind of they're like they, super woke. Yeah. Within yeah. the universe. Yeah. Of the like story. the only people. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that was an interesting idea. Is that from the book? Uh, no, that okay. was added for the movie. Now, I did read on Gail Carson Levine's website that this element was something she had in an earlier draft. Okay. But I don't know how similar that might have been to what the movie did. Right. I, yeah, I could see it being a, a, an element she wanted to include and just yeah. got dropped. But And it hopefully would yeah. be handled. And that there are like little things here and there throughout the book where you can kind of tell that that was something she maybe had in the back of her mind. But it's never like at the forefront of the story or like a plot point or anything. Okay. Um, next question: Does the house fairy have a book boyfriend? Well, first of all, it is a crime that you don't remember Mandy's name, Mandy, because that's right. she is great character in the book. I liked her for the first little bit. She's in the movie. She was interesting, but she's not in it. Like, yeah, at all. I know. Um, but no. Uh, she does not have a book boyfriend. Okay. She does give Ella a magic book, but it's not the same as the one in the movie, and it is definitely <laughs> not her boyfriend. Okay, because in the movie, she accidentally turned her boyfriend into a book. Yeah. And so Ella has a talking book with her for the whole movie. Uh, Which is really something. Yeah, it was really something. Some actor I'd never seen, but like yeah. I, I was like, I, I was expecting it to be somebody interesting, and then I was like, I don't know. Maybe it was a guy who's yeah. been in stuff, but uh, maybe. I Maybe, because that would have been an interesting moment for like a cameo. Yeah, that'd be like a really fun, like, oh, shoot, it's whoever, but yeah, like, yeah, I don't know who, but somebody, but I was like, I don't know. I've no, never he seen looked this. like a mannequin. Oh, uh, yeah, he had a very, he was, like, in very the book, plastic -y yeah, he looking. had a very, uh, but even, even when he became a person, he looked kind of like a man, very even complexion, yeah, and uh, like real smooth hair, yeah, yeah, you're right, very plasticky looking, but uh, okay, so, uh, not a book boy, no book boyfriend, no, no book boyfriend, all right, um, does the book, well, it's not a book boyfriend, <laughs> but uh, the book in the, in the book, in the book, does it uh, have the ability to show you images of whatever you want? Like you say a thing and then open the book and it's just like, here's the thing you wanted to see? No. Okay. Um, it is always changing, but you can't ask it for something specific. Um, but it, it does, in a way, allow her to see or at least to have hints about where people are and what they're doing. So does she just like open it and look at it and then like just like she doesn't ask for the information. No. She just like she randomly... opens it up and sees what the book is going to tell her today. Oh, okay. So it's just like let's 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 see what we got. Let's see what, yeah. what kind of info we're gonna get today. Yeah. What kind of intel do you have All for right. me? Book. Interesting. 
Interesting. Does Ella do kung fu? She absolutely does not. Good. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Again, you guys, so one of those ones you can be like, and eh, chalk that up to Shrek. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, her, that fight scene with the ogres, I'm sure we could compare frame to frame to Fiona's yeah, yeah. fight Fiona's scene. Fiona's fight in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it feels very, very similar. Very similar. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, do the elves sing constantly? Uh, like in the film, there's a storyline that they're essentially forced to sing and dance. I think it's an interesting idea and, and it has some sort of uh, interesting racial implications. Yeah. Or, you know, sort of uh, that. Uh, that but could be there. That but, could but be there, really there. But, but they don't really develop it very much. Yeah. Um, they, they have the interesting idea that he wants to be a lawyer and he can't. But uh, so that's not in the book. Okay, because on top of it being an well, it's an interesting idea, but it's also like really grating in the film. And yeah. I hated that scene where they show up to the elf village and everybody just sings at them the whole time, and it's yeah. like really poorly CGI'd. Again, I say poorly; it's two thousand four. It's hard to tell compared to now, but man, it felt rough. And, it and was it's really annoying. well, it's really annoying, and that scene doesn't make any sense either because she's there with an elf, so you'd think he could be like. It's cool, guys. Yeah. You don't need to sing and dance for her. Yeah, but no, they, they no, do. They, they do. They do it. Yeah. And they sing, again, the anachronistic thing. They sing modern songs. Yeah, they or sing like... The first song they sing, I think, is uh, original, maybe, but... No, the first oh. song they sing is... I know that song because I was in this show. It's from Gypsy. Oh, okay. It's Let Me Entertain You. Okay. Because uh, then they get in the bar and they start saying, yeah, like whatever they say, they just sing yeah. songs related to the, and it's like really obnoxious. <laughs> okay. So that's, that's not in the book. Uh, well, they get eventually, so they go to the visit the elves for a brief time. Then they go to the giants uh, mm-hmm. and the, when they get to the giants uh, town or whatever, wherever they are, uh, they get, they end up in the giant bar and the giants are like, sing. They, for whatever reason, sing. I don't. Yeah, I missed this in the movie. Why they think she can sing or why they want her to sing? They just yell at her, sing, and so she has to because right. that's the whole conceit. And she starts singing. One, does that happen? Two, if so, I'm assuming it's not a Queen song because why would it be? <laughs> Three, unless it's literally a song by like the Queen of the Land and Ellen, a Frell or whatever. Um, and finally, do the giants look like? Pirates slash gypsies, and I know gypsies isn't necessarily the preferred word for right. that, but group but it, of people. It's, but it's but that it, kind of aesthetic, the aesthetic of what, yeah, quote unquote. Um, Romani, okay. I think maybe might be the better word. Do the giants make her sing? No. Okay. Uh, is it a queen song? No. <laughs> um, do the giants look like pirates or uh, gypsy esque? Uh, not that the book describes. Okay. Um, the musical numbers are really just another way that Shrek ruined this movie. Yes. Let's be honest. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Again, the, the the musical number at the end was just like. Right? I think Shrek we could. Had a music- I think we could compare that frame to frame. Yeah, to it's Shrek gotta too. Got to be similar because it ends. Well, it ends the exact same way with everybody like walking towards. The I know. Camera. I know. And and all the characters we've seen yeah. before coming in and doing their little like like dancing past the camera. It's like wild how how much this movie like ripped off Shrek it poorly. Like it's yeah. wild. Oh yeah, it's wild. Um, 
Okay, so uh, no sing, no singing a Queen song. Which about the Queen song? I didn't put this in the prequel episode, but I did find out that the reason they did a Queen song was because they had a different song there, mm-hmm. like a more classical or like uh, maybe a less anachronistic song. Um, but they didn't like how she, uh, Anne, Hathaway. Anne Hathaway performed it, <laughs> and the director uh, like heard her singing this song. Oh, and was like, oh, she's. I like that's good. We'll do that one instead. I mean, it works kind yeah. of story. Like the story. Yeah. What I mean is, it works in the sense of like the you know the finding somebody to love. Sure, like I, you know, kind of works. Um, but yeah, that's why they they changed it. Originally, that wasn't the song that was in that hmm. scene. Uh, but they did it because, and again, because uh, Anne Hathaway sung all the music in this because she can sing or at least somewhat. Uh, all right. Does Edgar, uh, Uncle Edgar, Prince Charles' uh, evil uncle, who is the villain of the movie, does he have a talking snake named Heston? And if so, does that can the snake can other people hear the talking snake, or is it just him? Because I was very confused about that in the movie. <laughs> all right, well then let's get this out of the way. Edgar is not in the book. Oh, at all. Char is not an orphan. His parents are alive. Edgar and the snake are not a thing. Well, this ruins the rest of my questions. <laughs> or most of them. Wow. Okay. So, completely new character. Yes. Does that surprise you? That he's not... Yes. He's a pivotal enough character that it does surprise me that he is not in the book. I mean, like, I, I, there are like minor characters that I could imagine that would make sense not being in the book. Or it absolutely surprises me that he wasn't in the book. Like I said, he's a he's the villain of the movie. Like I would I assume there's some. What do you mean you guess he is? He's absolutely the villain of the movie. I mean, he's the villain of the movie, sure. But I'll get to it later. I'll get there. All right. Wow. Okay. So Carrie was not making an appearance in the book. Uh, I guess in that regard. He does. He can't order Ella to kill the prince. Is that a, is something along those lines similar that happens in the movie? Does she have to to kill the prince and she has to not? So that that's never like a thing that actually happens. Um, she does realize that it could happen though, because she's not an idiot. Oh. Um, and that drives her to put distance okay. between herself. So and the prince, it's more of even the, though she does love him. Okay, so it's even more of the like it's like the superhero dilemma. Yeah, it's like the superhero thing of like, well, I love you, but I put you in danger by yeah. being around you. Not that that actually happens. It's that she. It's that she realizes that were she to marry him, uh, that some any, foreign yeah, anyone whatever. could use her yeah. against him. Right. Interesting. Okay. That makes sense. I, in that regard, I don't think it's a terrible idea for the movie to go, let's just have that happen. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that's a terrible idea to say, okay, well, this fear she has, let's just make that actually happen. And then yeah. that's why they cooked up the whole thing with Edgar to give that, put in a character to make I, that happen. I don't disagree with that. Um, I don't know why they had to do it so badly. Well, they did everything poorly in the film, so. But I, I don't disagree with that assessment. Okay. Interesting. Uh, at the end, so uh, it's di- all different. Oh, wait. No, this is. <laughs> well, I, now I'm all out of order. Uh, in the movie, Lucinda just randomly fall. Like, so this whole movie, Ella's been looking for Lucinda mm-hmm. so that she can take the curse away. And and 
at this point, Ella has left and tied herself to a tree so that she can't go kill Char, which obviously that probably doesn't happen in the book because yeah, she's not tasked to kill her. She him. never chains herself to a right. tree. Right, okay. So then, <laughs> this is really weird in the movie. She's looking for the whole movie, and then just randomly out of nowhere, Lucinda just drops on yeah, her face. Yeah, she just falls out of the sky. I assume. See, the plot's all different, so I don't even, none yeah. of these, half these she, questions don't She even. interacts with Lucinda a couple times in the book, um, and Lucinda actually has her own, like, mini arc huh. throughout the last half of the, of the novel. Yeah, because she has no arc in the movie. No. She's just weird and awful at the beginning and still weird and awful yeah. at the end really uh, just really obnoxious which we'll talk about i have yeah. notes about that here in the next segment so okay uh so no deus ex lucinda <laughs> um okay this is a big question so the whole crux of the of the the whole conceit of the story is that Ella's is under this curse that mm-hmm. anybody that commands her to do anything she has to do it and in the movie the way she overcomes that in the moment when she's forced to kill Char, or when she's been commanded to kill Char, and I hate that his name is Char. It, <laughs> I hate it so much. I, every time I say it, I'm like, Ugh. it's like a leafy green shard. Yeah, or like, uh, it's be the name of a dragon, not a prince. It's stupid. I hate it. I know it's Charmant, and it's like the French for charming. I, yes. I know all of this, but I still hate that Char is like the... the um. She's commanded to kill him, and she mm-hmm. doesn't want to, and she's holding the dagger in the film, and she just basically, force of pure, sheer force of will, says, I'm not going to do this, and then it breaks the curse, and she's free. Okay. Is that so, what goes down in the movie? Because I actually kind of like that, I think, maybe. In the book, know. she does break the curse through her own strength and okay. through her own sacrifice, but that isn't really how I read what happened in the movie, <laughs> which I want to talk more about later, because I have this whole I have this whole like diatribe. What you read in the movie doesn't have anything to do with a mirror, does it? What? Okay, good. I I was trying to I'm just trying to figure out what you were talking about. But that's not what you read what happened in the movie, because okay. that's 100% Here, what happened I will, in the movie. I, I don't will know tell what... you right now how I read this then. Um, so in the movie, she says, you will no longer be obedient, which I read more rather not so much as like force of will. I read that more as like she was ordering herself. That's what I was saying with the mirror thing, because she sees herself reflection of herself. Or no, Char sees a reflection of her. Yeah. She doesn't see a reflection of herself. And I thought you were doing so. I thought you were coming up with some weird loophole where she says it to herself in the mirror. And no, it, the, then they're like, it's like this weird, like recursive computer problem where like she, her commanding herself in the mirror means she can't. But you're saying you think that's not what I know. Uh, I think you're I, wrong. You're allowed to think that I'm wrong. But I prefer what happens in the book, and I will tell you okay. for why in my final verdict. That's fine. I'm not saying the book isn't better. I'm not, or, or whatever. I'm just saying that I, I don't. I, I think in the in the movie, what happens is she just in that moment decides she 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 kind of just through the own force of her will, she digs down deep. She has that moment where she remembers the thing her mom said to her about nothing in the world is stronger than you. She her mom had some you know had her. Uh, dying uncle ben moment 
and you know and, and set a platitude. Yeah, and 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 she kind of remembers that in this moment, and and again for me, it just her saying you will no longer be obedient isn't her commanding herself not to. It's just her saying out loud, stating her resolve to break this curse out loud. It's how I read it. Okay. And I think how most people would read it, but I don't know. I could, I could be wrong. All right. Um, so she does. It is similar. It's just the the circumstances of it happening are obviously very different in the yes. book. Okay. Well, and we'll talk about that shortly. Uh, do all the non-human races? Okay. <laughs> do all the non-human races team up to take down Edgar? No, because Edgar's not in the freaking movie. So <laughs> next. Uh, and neither is that plot, so that's a super double knot. Okay, but wait, the poison crown thing. I want to talk Final about question this. Uh, that I had was uh, Edgar, his big plan in the movie ends up after Ella uh, fails yeah. to kill, kill him, he goes, Well, I know, I'll poison this crown for the coronation so that when Char puts it on, it'll kill him and then I'll be king. I don't know how that, so. sure. I mean, I guess, uh, I guess that makes sense. Um, and then he forgets that he did that and puts the crown on himself. And then he forgets and puts it on. So obviously none of this happens because yeah. Edgar's not in the movie. And I assume nothing even like that happens. No. Okay. I just... Has a villain ever been more cartoonishly evil than this character? N- no. I... I... I he's le- I he's re- more he he Lord Farquaad is less cartoonishly evil than Carrie Ellis in this movie. <laughs> I thought I remembered this being bad, and then we watched the movie, and I was like, "This isn't like this is worse than I thought it was." Oh, it's not a good. Film. It's <laughs> it's really then, not like, a good film. The implication at the very end during the musical number is oh, that like yeah. the crown didn't kill him, but it like he's brain damaged. He's like a v- yeah, he's he's brain damaged now because he gets wheeled across in a wheelchair with bandages on his head, licking a lollipop, looking um, out of it. It's so yeah. I, for so, I guess they that again. That's like the the weird like kind of cartoony like. Oh, the villain. Didn't the villain actually didn't actually die. die. He's okay, but no, but no he learned only. But in this. yeah, but he's he's not dead. But he's and he's brain damaged now. Yet again to Shrek, which was apparently the mother and father of this movie. Yeah, it's not dissimilar to how at the tail end of Shrek, Lord Farquaad is like in the dragon's stomach with a yeah. match. Yes, he's not really dead. He's not actually dead. He will be because he's in a stomach, yeah, but, but he's not, not dead now. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's bad. It's <laughs> really not not good. All right. Well, that was all I had for was that in the book. Uh, we're going to move on to Lost in Adaptation. Just show me the way to get out of here and I'll be on my way. Wow. Was lost. Yes. Yes. And I want to get unlost as soon as possible. All right, in Lost in Adaptation, I ask questions about anything that I found confusing, uh, hoping to get more knowledge from the book. Maybe you can delve, uh, plumb the depths of the book and give me some more background information to kind of flesh out my understanding. I don't know if that's going to be able to happen with this one. I was really surprised you didn't have more questions in this I, I mean, I have more than normal, <laughs> for, especially yeah. for a, children's, a piece of children's media. Very often I have none, so uh, I have... <laughs> four or five things here so 
Uh, first thing, uh, do the parents just like let this fairy godmother show up and like put a curse on their child? They're they're like, I was so confused by Lucinda's character and like w- the relation to the parents and why they just like, sh- sure. Do whatever you want. Like, they kind of explain it. They're like, well, she's going to show up and she's going to give her a gift. And uh, we don't really want her to come, but she's going to do it anyways. And so, like, oh, we got to grin and bear it because maybe she's powerful and she would, like, mess us up. I don't even know what, <laughs> why they're not just like, no, leave. Like, just go, don't. Like, don't. What is she going to, is she going to attack them? Like, I, uh, again, I, I'm not trying to, like, nitpick the, mm-hmm. I was just confused about what all was going on there. With Lucinda, why the parents like seem to like let this happen or not? What is okay. she a send up a fairy well, godmother's? Me, what is all? Let of me this? give you the lowdown on Lucinda. All right. Um, I feel like her character at least makes a little more sense in the book because we do get to know her a little more, and she does have some character development. Okay. Um, essentially, she's stupid and vain. Yeah, which I get. I got that in the movie. She she loves the attention that she gets from being a fairy, which we come to understand in this world is unusual. Like most fairies are pretty reclusive and they try to hide the fact that they're fairies. Um, But she loves it. Uh, She is known in this universe for showing up and giving awful gifts. And people will often like if she shows up at like a birth or a wedding or something, people will like try to talk her out of it. Right. But the danger then being that if you kind of push too hard, she might just give you something worse. Oh, okay. And only the fairy who bestowed the gift or the curse can undo it. Okay. Um, And. Then, coupled with that, she's too privileged and stupid to realize what her gifts actually right. do. Yeah. No, I, and I got all that. It's just, I don't know. It was, I guess it all happened so quickly in the movie yeah. that it's just, it's, I was like, what is going on? Yeah. This is very, very strange. Um, and she is a send up, um, at least in the book. I don't, I don't know how much of that. This comes through. In the uh, movie I mean, movie. I got it enough to ask the question. It's so, true. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a send up of fairy tales like Sleeping Beauty. It's probably yeah. the most well known example um, where fairies just like show up and give random gifts at births yeah. and weddings. Um, but also, this is like kind of a minor thing that just irritated me in the movie. Lucinda isn't Ella's fairy godmother. Mandy is. I think I knew that. I think. I think I knew that. Um, but that they just, uh, that she's just some, like, well, I don't know if I knew that. I thought, like, they were both their fairy godmother. I don't even know. I didn't, I, I didn't <laughs> know who Lucinda was. I knew she was, like, a, a fairy, a different fairy godmother. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. I was. Yeah, she's just a stupid fairy who loves giving bad gifts. Okay. And nobody can really stop her because she has magical powers. All right. Uh, do we know what killed Ella's mom? Uh, is there a reason that they couldn't magic her better? Again, this this answer may just be it doesn't really matter, and the answer may just be because she needs to die for the step. Like that's yeah. fine. I don't need a she super. Does, she does need to. Yeah, die. Yeah, I don't need like an in depth <laughs> explanation. I understand the point, or you right. know, thematically and everything. I, um, I'm just wondering because they in the movie she's just like <clears throat> I'm dying, and I'm like, yeah, we got fairies and stuff. Can they not do anything? <laughs> All right. So in the book, her mom does get sick, um, and she dies because medicine isn't really a thing in medieval-coded fantasy worlds. Right. Uh, Ella gets sick in the book, too, and Mandy makes them a fairy cure in the form of a soup, um, but Ella's mother doesn't eat all of hers, and Mandy doesn't realize until it's too late to do anything. She's too far gone. 
she doesn't eat at all. Yeah. And that's why she dies. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> well, not a huge fan of that, but I get it, I guess. It's a little. She has to die. I know. I know she has to die. But if you're making a, a potion to heal somebody and it's important that they eat all of it or they die, you should maybe check that they ate all of it. <laughs> Just saying. Mandy. <laughs> Get your stuff together. <laughs> you did it, not me. I knew I was going to. All right, uh, a couple more for this segment. Is is Ella's lord father, I assume, I think he's a lord, I think that's what they said, a watch salesman? And why <laughs> is her lord father a watch salesman? <laughs> he's a merchant. Okay. He's um he's not a, a lord. I, he's is he they not call a lord? Him, I swear well, they, they call him Sir Peter in the book, but I don't know if that makes him a lord or if I, he just has like a very minor title. I could have swore they said. Well, he has some f- sort of title. I know because they yeah. said that they her that uh, Olga wanted his, his title, title, right? And that he wanted her money. So I just assumed that he was like a lord or something, but maybe not. Whatever. He's regardless. He's yeah. He's got a title of some sort. If so, why does he need to go town to town selling wristwatches? Well, he is he is a merchant. Um, a merchant makes sense. Yeah. A door to door wristwatch salesman <laughs> does not make sense. Well, that's one of the anachronisms. I know. I know. But he's also, I mean, just like. Across the board, he's a more interesting character in the book. Yeah. Like, in the movie, he's just kind of there, except for when he's not there. which is most of the Um, film. But in the book, he's, like, very shrewd and calculating and really greedy and dishonest. See, and that would have helped if 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 that came across at all, because in the movie, they're like, he needs Olga's money. And I'm like, Why? They have yeah. this, he's a he's got a title and they have this nice again it's a pretty big seemingly nice house and like and he he's a merchant so, of some sort the, and I just didn't The under- movie is vague about how he loses their money I think I didn't even know he lost their money Oh do they not talk about that I assume he well I they again I, there's elements I'm sure of the movie that I missed because I'm writing notes and stuff but I don't remember them saying he he says at one point when he gets when I found out he was a wristwatch salesman he goes I got I need to go make these sales for the money but I didn't know he lost their money and 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 again Mandy or somebody does say he's marrying her because he needs her money but I didn't yeah. know why I missed why they needed that money and maybe I just missed it So but. in the book um they had money and then he loses all their money doing like shady business deals and like selling stuff that doesn't like that like isn't his to sell Okay yeah see that I unless I'm blanking or completely <laughs> missed it I don't think that's mentioned in the movie at all and so I did not understand why they didn't have money or why they needed yeah. to marry Olga and he does he does marry her, but he has this whole plot originally to marry Ella off mm. to a, a wealthy elderly man, and gotcha. it doesn't end up panning out quickly enough, so he marries Olga. Okay. Uh, the rules of this are a little, a little fluffy to me. The whole curse. Let's just discuss this. And again, I get it. I get it. I get it. The rules don't have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but so she has to tell, and this is in response to Arita in the film, the stepsister or stepmother or whatever commands her to tell Arita that she never wants to see her again and that she can't be friends with her because she's a 
whatever Aorthian. Aorthian. Yeah. Um, uh, but what's and and this is a couple times this happens in the movie, or at least once or twice this happens in the movie where I'm like, okay, they commanded you to do something, but they didn't command you not to do anything else. So yeah. like, can you not do that and then be like, oh, just kidding after you're done, or not just I don't know. Yeah. Can, like I felt like there's well, there there was a way around that. She could have answered the door and been like, my stepmother wants me to tell you yeah. blah blah blah. Yeah. But screw her. Right. Or something. Yeah. You feel like I feel like that could have been handled. Like she could have done that. And again, you could say like again, characters don't always think of all those things. Like they, she doesn't have to be perfectly rational and be like, ha, I have well, a perfect way around this plan. Book Ella would have thought of it. Right. I, I was just wondering. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I was a little confused about that. Or, or like, even just being like, what, tell people that you have this curse. Like, her friend, at least. Not everybody, obviously. Right. You wouldn't want people to know. But um, she could tell her friend, like, I have this curse that... So, her mother orders her to never tell anyone about the curse. That uh, might happen. In an in effort movie. to protect her. I think it does I happen in does the movie, but it was movie. like a blink and you miss and it. I, and I guess I probably didn't even think that that would last forever. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't think, I didn't even think that that's, like, something that, like, she, so now never she can tell anybody. But yeah. that makes sense. And there is a similar moment in the book where Hattie orders Ella to stop being friends with Arita. Yeah. Um, and, but instead of doing that, she, like, deuces out. Oh, okay. And just leaves. All right. Uh, and finally, can Ella sword fight and stuff? Uh, not that we know of. Okay. Because she can, for some reason, in the movie. Yeah. And not to say ladies can't sword fight, but I have zero explanation for why Ella will be able to sword fight. All of a sudden, at the end of the movie, she's just sword fighting. And now, earlier, when she does the kung fu fighting in the middle of the movie, it's silly, but I at least understood that because the guy is specifically telling her what to do. He's like, now kick, now punch, now do this. And it's like, okay, it's still stupid. I have thoughts on that. Right. And we'll talk about it. It's still stupid. <laughs> but at least in that regard, it felt more natural. At the end, she's just sword fighting of her own accord, like fighting yeah. off ninjas, like of her own. And again, I when I say ninjas, ninjas I too. don't, I, I mean ninjas. Yes. Yes, in there are ninjas in fantasy this movie. medieval setting. There are ninjas, so uh, we'll talk about it. All right, uh, that's all I had for Lost in Adaptation. I zero answers, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, you got you answered some stuff. Oh, I, I meant that more as an indictment of the movie than as a view. But <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on to better in the book. You like to read? Oh yes, I love to read. What do you like to read? Everything. Uh, okay. Um, first item is the book. Just the whole thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, so confused. I was like, oh, and what? Yeah, that's what I said. Better in the book. All right. Um, so I could have made this list a really a lot longer. I tried to... I tried to call and edit for you guys. You're welcome. Yeah, it's not super. It's long. not too bad. Um, a handful of really specific things. Um, I don't like how the movie shows her curse, like making her into like a marionette almost, or, like a puppet. Yeah. Um, I think it, it takes away what little agency she has because in the book she puts a lot of effort into trying to resist the commands that she's given. Yeah. 
Um, so like the whole book is kind of about her like trying and trying to, and trying to resist obeying. Yeah. Um, but she doesn't get that option in the movie. You, there's a couple times where you see her before the final, like where she breaks the curse or whatever. There's a couple times where you see her try, like actively try to resist it. I think there's a couple times with like the, the sisters tell her to do something yeah. and she seems to try not to, but yes, most of the time she just like the little noise happens and she like yeah. goes into like robot mode. Yeah. Um, which is weird. It is. And, but it's also, uh, visually i i get the change but i also think they could have done it it fits in with the cha- all the other changes they made in making this a wackier sillier um borderline spoof yeah that if this was a more serious movie that would be out of place the sort of like robot like and then like doing whatever anybody tells you whereas this movie didn't want to spend time with us like her like struggling against the this curse and like dealing with the like emotional turmoil it's causing her because that's not that's not fun that's not shrek yeah it's emotional and physical turmoil yeah in the book too like trying to resist like um it makes her like struggle to breathe yeah and all this stuff she gets like really dizzy yeah see that sounds interesting and it is but again the the, the 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 thing they had at the top of every page when they were working on this script they were like they had the question written is that shrek <laughs> and if the answer was no they were like get that out of here <laughs> that's not shrek get that out of here okay uh next thing um uncle edgar Evil Uncle Edgar and his talking snake. Yeah. Uh, first of all, why and gross? Um, secondly, why wouldn't anyone know that this guy is evil? He he exudes evil. It comes out of his pores. Yes. Why wouldn't anyone know? Yeah. Um. So this story does not need that kind of a villain. Yeah. Um. Dame Olga. And Hattie and Olive are the perfect foils to Ella because she represents everything that they aren't. Uh Um, She's kind. She's intelligent. She's clever. She's pretty. um, And they're more than willing to take advantage of her. But had Ella come up differently, she just as easily could have been Hattie. Uh And Edgar doesn't really make any sense as a foil to Ella. Um, he might make sense as a foil to Char, yeah. But Char bit. isn't the main character no. of this story. Um, he is there because the screenwriters wanted a Lord Farquaad. Yep. Uh, they wanted an effeminate, cartoonishly evil guy to cackle and rub his hands together. Yeah, that's no, what they wanted. It's absolutely true. Um, and I felt like they thought they needed, uh, which is true because when you look at Cinderella, there is the the villain is. The stepsisters yeah. and the and the stepmother. Yeah. Um, and they could have done the same thing with this. And again, I think that's a more interesting film if you focus on the uh, uh, what we discussed earlier, the emotional. If you if you make the centerpiece of this movie, which they try at times, they just don't ever do it very effectively. The uh, Ella dealing with this curse. And then when that's the case, the, the people who are most able to abuse this and the people who and sort of for the real life counterpart that this is all yeah. uh, the, the real life counterpart that this the story is uh, sort of alluding to 
it's more interesting when it's family members and and or not family members. They're I mean step sisters. Uh, yeah, they are. Oof, that came out wrong. Stepsisters and step <laughs> siblings and, and parents can be family members. Is that what I mean? I, in this instance, they're not. I, yeah, I don't think she would consider. They, them she family. would not consider them family members. Is what I was going for. And that's a more interesting conflict, and it's a more interesting internal conflict. But they felt like the movie needed external conflict of her and the, the big bad villain. Yeah. Which is Edgar. So they created that because again, and I think you're right. The 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 Lord Farquaad thing. They were like, we need. We need the the yeah. cackling finger touching. And he literally villain. does that. Yeah, he does. He all literally of it. does. He does. I'm sure Carrie always had a blast playing. I'm this sure character. he did. Yeah. I mean, he, it's he's a silly character, but I'm sure he was fun to play. <laughs> um, the movie short sells Mandy across the board. Mandy's kind of an ineffective idiot yeah in the movie um in the book she's very smart she can do magic just as well as lucinda can um she's just a more typical fairy she sticks to small stuff because she's not an idiot yeah in the movie they imply that she like anytime she yeah. tries bigger stuff she's she, like, like really bad at messes it messes up and that's why her boyfriend becomes a book and then she accidentally turns him into a pumpkin at the end and i really thought they were gonna have the pumpkin smash on the floor yeah and that was Horrifying. gonna be like the it's end like, of her <laughs> It just cuts and it's no, like, what? No. no, and then she turns him back into a human. Yeah. Um, speaking of the book boyfriend, though, I hated that. Hated that whole thing. Yeah. Hated it. Um, looked bad. Felt bad. It was all bad. It wasn't great. I, I It looked it looked okay, but it just... it. And I know what they're going for. They're going for the mirror, mirror. You yeah. Know, they wanted that That kind of imagery. Of and so I get it, but yeah, it also yeah. just... It's and like they tried to make him kind of like he's like an encyclopedia. Yeah. Um. But the book in the book, um, lets her read like people's letters and like their diary entries. Yeah. Basically, it lets her creep on people, mm. which I think is more interesting. Weird. <laughs> um. There's a whole sequence in the book where Ella goes to finishing school. Um, and we really get to see how much she strives to maintain her autonomy in that environment, even though it's very difficult and draining for her. Mm-hmm. Also in the book, Hattie and Dame Olga wear wigs. Oh, yeah. And when she runs away from finishing school, she steals Hattie's wig <laughs> to embarrass her. Okay. Um. Oh, okay. So the fight scene with the ogres... Yes. Um, there is a scene where she gets captured by ogres. Um, she escapes them through her own skill um, with languages. She's very good at languages. See, that'd be interesting. In the book, yeah. Um, not of because a, an elf yeah. yelling kung right. fu. Not command. because she does magical curse fu. Um, also, I feel like the curse shouldn't be able to make her be able to make her do things that she's physically incapable of or like doesn't know how to do. Oh, absolutely. Like freeze in midair. Oh, absolutely. You know <laughs> why that's in the movie? Shrek. Remember that <laughs> freaking moment in Shrek where they do the slow-mo matrix spin around where she's in midair? That's why that's in the movie. Yeah. But yeah, no, it absolutely shouldn't. And they also just thought it was interesting and magical. Like, but no, yeah, because yeah, like the guy yells freeze, and she and they thought it'd be like a good trailer joke. It's in the trailer um, where she's jumping over a barrel and she like uh, freezes in the air. Yeah, of course not. No, yeah, that's no, that's not stupid. what. Yeah. 
Um, there's also a really dark section of the book where Lucinda orders Ella to be happy about being obedient. Oof. So we get to do that for a little while. Oof. Um, musical numbers hate it. Yeah. It is actually her singing yeah. too. I see your it is. Yeah, it is actually. It does. It does. It sounds like I her. felt like, yeah, yeah, it sounds like her. Um, but yeah, it's, it's. Yeah. And I, I was actually fine with this musical number, and then we watched her dance for like five minutes. I know. And I'm like, Can we not? <laughs> yeah, it's it feel when it's just one person like that, it feels weird and voyeuristic. Yeah, and yeah, which I think maybe it's supposed to because it's like again the, the 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 but but it's also supposed to be fun. Yeah, but it's weird because she's being commanded to do it essentially. I mean, people don't know they're commanded. Right. They're just like, oh, sing, dance, and she's like has to. But yeah, and then we're just watching her dance forever, and it's like. Can we, can we move on? Yeah. Can she just sing like a, a little <laughs> bit and then we move on? Um, another kind of dark thing that happens in the book that I don't believe was in the movie, I didn't catch it if it was, is that Dame Olga orders Ella to call her mom. Yeah, I don't think so. so. Yeah, so she's forced to call this woman mom, essentially. Oof. Yeah. Um, Ella and Char's relationship is also much more natural in the book. It actually progresses over a few years, and they really get to know each other. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the movie is Insta-Love. Happens over the span of, like, a day. Uh, over two. Um, which is kind of problematic, yeah. considering that she really didn't like him to begin with. No. she Or she was at most indif- or at best indifferent. Yeah. And, yeah. But actively didn't wasn't a fan meet, of the, the policies that his family was behind. And then whim Obama, they're in love, gonna get married. Yeah, he wants that, to marry her. That's definitely not the best message. Yeah, uh, that you know you meet a dude or whoever, and within the span of a couple of days, they do a few nice things, and you're like, wow, you're the best. I love you. Together forever. Um, this movie robs Lucinda of all her character growth. Um, in the book, close to the end of it, she actually tries some of the gifts that she gives people. Wow. And that makes her realize how horrible they are. Wow, that would have been great. I know. That would have been great to That's see. It's a really nice moment for her. Would have made her character interesting, because she's not in the movie. Um, and then my last note here is the Ninja Knights. The Red Guard. Which sounds like something out of Game of Thrones, except yes. then it's really, really not. Yeah. It's it's like actually the red guard might be, th- may, you know it might be. I think it might be. But. <laughs> but they're like they're like ninjas and they're wearing like red. It almost looks like armor, but it looks like it's made out of like oven mitts. Y- yes, uh, and they like rappel down from the ceiling at the climax. Yes, it it looks like. Uh, <laughs> It looks like the 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 well. It looks like self defense suits. Like it yeah. looks like the like yeah. when you like uh, when somebody uh, when you're practicing self defense and like the instructor's dressed up in like the body armor so that you can kick them in the groin and stuff. They look like they're wearing that essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably basically are, um, and it's not great. Uh, oh, the, the red guard is from uh, Star Wars. Oh, it's the emperors. I was wondering. I was like, I know I've heard that somewhere. Yeah, the yeah. red guard is uh, Palpatine's guards. Hmm. Okay, all right. I see you, movie. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah. No, they're real dumb. And then, uh, and then, yeah, she sword fights them all. Yeah. 
And they do like the thing where like they're having a conversation while fighting them all, and he's yeah. like fighting them with a fighting, staff, and, and then they're fighting back to back and yeah. like talking about it's how just, they love each other. It's just, again, it's like you know, I get what they were going for. I think based on you know what you've just said about the source material, it was just a wild mistake to go yeah. for the. It's wildly tonally different. Yeah. In a way that's just, it, it misses what's interesting about the yeah. book. It, yeah. Like, you can make this movie, I would argue they did make this movie, it's Shrek, or it's Robin Hood Men in Tights. <laughs> like, they made the movie, you don't need to make another one. Make, this is more interesting. Yeah. Um, and I, I have notes close to the end on how they, I think they could have okay. done this successfully. Cool. I want to hear that. Um. But let's move on to our next segment. Yeah, we then there's another big musical number that nobody, oh, yeah. nobody likes. Um, but really we have annoying. to end with a big musical number because it's Shrek. Yeah. Yep. All right. Better in the movie. My life has taught me one lesson, Hugo, and not the one I thought it would. Happy endings only happen in the movies. Okay. Um, I do like. A kind of a, a lukewarm like that the movie hints at how advertising would factor into her curse. Because there's oh, that yeah. scene while she's where she's running through like the village square yeah, or whatever, the guy's like, and the guy's like, "Buy one now," and she has to stop yeah, and buy like, it. Um, and I like that. Or I find that mildly interesting, at yeah. least, because it's something that I'd always wondered about. Like, were this story moved into a modern setting? Oh, like, yeah. how would that play in? Would she have to like be a hermit? Yeah, and like you never, you could never watch TV or listen to the radio. You or, would absolutely have to seclude yourself if yeah. that were in a modern day setting, which would be interesting in its own way. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. and it's I, I like I hate the anachronisms in this movie. Oh, it's so, bad. so I'm not calling that better, but it it is at least mildly interesting. It's an interesting thing. Yeah, it's an interesting little tidbit. Yeah, and that's it. Yep. All right, movie nailed it. As I expected, practically perfect in every way. I have two things here. Uh, Lucy Punch does a phenomenal job. She kind of nails Hattie. Uh, the bits about her being obsessed with Char aren't in the book. Uh, she's less obsessed with him and more with like power in general in the yeah. book. Um, but overall, she did a really great job. Yeah, no, I think she's good. Um, and there, I mean, that's kind of the they just kind of leaned her more towards. I think like the sort of culturally understood idea of the evil stepsisters, yeah. which is. They want to marry the prince. Yeah. They, yeah. they, you know, they're the ones who want to marry the prince. I did like, and it's a little character choice. I don't know if it was her or if it was the director or if it was written, but after she steals Ella's mom's necklace, the next scene they're at school or whatever and debating. And the whole time Ella's talking, uh, Hattie just has the necklace in her mouth and she's just yeah. like sucking up, like just like chewing on it, yeah. like absentmindedly. And I thought that was really like <laughs> fun, like clever character moment. Yeah. Um, and, and believable and worked well. And I was like, oh, that's good. But yeah, I thought she was good too. But then again, she kind of only plays those characters yeah, and is really good at them. She kind of owns this role. Yeah. So um, the giants are described in the book as looking like humans, but bigger. So there's that. Yeah, they did just look like big yeah. humans, uh, including Heidi Klum. Yes. Heidi Klum looking very young. Yeah. I didn't recognize her at first. I was like, I think that's Heidi Klum. That is absolutely Heidi Klum. (laughs) 
Uh, we're going to get some odds and ends before we hit the final verdict. So, Katie, what do you want to talk about? Um, okay, so uh, we've already talked about the influence that Shrek had on this yes, a quite a bit, so I think we can skip over that note. Yeah. Um, you had a note about the beginning. I Oh, so you mentioned in the prequel that the miniature fly, that the the beginning of the film, the opening sequence took like weeks, if not months to shoot or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was pretty cool. Like, I, like they fly, the camera flies through like all of Frell and like the area and like over the towns with people and uh, it was like, oh, it looks pretty cool. That was probably worth the time you spent on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I like, I was just like, oh, that was kind of neat. Like, well, not anything amazing, but, but pretty, pretty good. Um, I kind of, like, hate Char in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, just, like, everything that comes out of his mouth, I'm like, stop. Really? I mean, I thought the actor did a fine job. Okay, because I had a note. Like, I actually thought he was really good. The character, like, he says at one point, he says, you're not like other oh, girls. And yes. I'm like, ugh. He does say that, which ugh. is... That was, that's very late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, but I just, like, I I kind of hated him a lot in this, which I hated because he was one of my first literary crushes, mm. Prince Charmant. Mm. You, you got over that name, you are like, fine with the fact that he was Char. <laughs> He's a great guy in the sure, book. Sure, <laughs> but you would have to call him Char, and oof, that's a deal breaker. Charmant. Yeah, that's, I could handle Charmant, I think. He does want people to call him Char in the book. <laughs> I really, I feel like you're honing in on an insignificant just, detail uh, here. I think it's a pretty awful name. <laughs> uh, Carrie Ellis looks very strange with dark hair. Don't yeah, like it. Don't like does. it. Do not like it. Weird. Pass. Hard Although pass. the mustache and the goatee were really another thing that should have tipped them off that this guy's yeah. evil. Yes. Like... For real, guys. Yeah, he has evil genie facial hair. Like, that's <laughs> what he's rocking. And he has an evil genie staff. He looks like Jafar, basically. That staff looked like I made it. Yes. Oh, that staff. <laughs> very chintzy, very plastic, uh, very slapped together looking. Yeah. Uh, not, not great. Cheesy. Mm. This might not necessarily be correct, but I kind of feel like this movie whitewashed Char. I, I don't know how, I don't know how in re- relation to the movie, book character he's described so. as having dark skin. Oh, that's what you mean. He's, I thought you meant like morally, like his character. No, like, he's described as he's described as swarthy, which can mean a lot of things. Yeah. Like that can be a, a lot of like a range of skin tones. Right. But he's also described as having like a, a dark face, like in dark being darkly complected. Yeah. But in the movie, he's just a white boy. Yeah, he's just like a British. Yeah. I mean, he's played like by he's Hugh a generic Dancy. White boy. I do like the conceit uh, of a spell being the thing that forces her into obedience. At least I yeah. think I do. I also don't, but I do. I'm not sure how I feel about it. It's an interesting twist on Cinderella. Yeah. Because it does solve the problem of like, well, why would she stay? Yeah. It does. But see, I also think it cheapens that problem. So I agree. And that's why I think it's interesting of like, mm-hmm. well, why would you just leave? But that, to me, feels victim-blaming and weird to be like, well, because she has a magic spell, so that's obviously the only reason anybody would stay in this abusive household is because they have a magic spell forcing them to. No, because there's all kinds of reasons that people stay in abusive situations. And, you know, so it feels weird. Like, like it's an interesting idea, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of fun to play with. But it also is like, uh, like, but again, but but the, the, the book then going that, 
and we didn't actually don't know if we talked about how she gets out of it in the book. We're going to. Okay. I didn't know we were going to still. Um, so like, but then again, the book being like, uh, you know, potentially it was kind of within her all along to break that spell and mm-hmm. leave, I think makes it maybe less weird and problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, because, uh, yeah, I think there is some potentially uh, not, there's, there's something potentially not great about uh, give, alluding to the idea that the only reason she, she stays in this bad situation is because magic. Yeah. You know what I mean? As opposed to like because she's a 16-year-old girl or 15-year-old girl in an abusive household and doesn't know how to handle that in a way or, or you know, the, the, right. just run away is is – that's not – you can't just tell, oh, why she just run away? Well, <laughs> So, yeah, it's not always a viable option. Yeah. yeah. Um, and sure, like it's a good – you know, you should – which try to empower people to see that and and to uh, leave situations like that, mm-hmm. but it's you know it's complicated. It is complicated. I think just but it is, like, and it's an yes. interesting twist. I agree, and that's why I wrote it down on a, on a very old story. Yes, you have a note in here about poison ivy, and I don't know what it means. Uh, the movie does not understand how poison ivy works. As somebody who has suffered a lot from poison <laughs> ivy many times, uh, horribly, uh, it it's not chicken pox. <laughs> It doesn't look like okay, chicken pox. What you're talking Sorry, about. it doesn't look like mosquito bites. <laughs> they get poison ivy in the movie at one point. She like uh, Ella brings them a bo- bouquets of poison ivy for their. They're doing like a portrait sitting. They say, mm-hmm. and she brings them poison ivy, and they don't realize, and they all get poison ivy. But the movie portrays that by literally putting little pink dots. Yeah, just like evenly dispersed around their body, and I'm like. Did you not even Google poison ivy just to see what it looks like? Because, boy, it is not little pink dots. It is giant, awful, oozing gashes of just not nightmare. I've borne witness. And that's not even the worst I've had it. I had it. I had it. I had it from my knee to my ankle on one leg when I was uh, in, like, middle school for months. And it's just it's miserable. And it not months, probably weeks, if not yeah. close to a month. But. I was like, yeah, little little itchy pink dots. That's it. That's poison ivy. I know, man. I mean, they took the poison ivy leaves and they touched them yeah, very carefully like, doop, to doop, specific doop, parts of their doop. face, and then made sure not to rub it around at all or scratch it <laughs> all because that's how it gets really bad. And yeah, sure, okay. Um, so you mentioned in the prequel, I think that there was supposedly like an earlier script yes. that was more similar to the book, but didn't work. But, like, I can't imagine that it worked any less well than this monstrosity. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm, I want to know what this script looked like. In retrospect, yeah. The, I mean, they, the, you know, oh, it, it, the other one didn't work. I'm like, well, spoilers, this one didn't work. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know what, what you thought you had before. But this it could not have been worse than this. Um, it didn't work because it wasn't Shrek. Spoilers. Yeah. That's what they meant by it didn't work. They yeah. they went back to their top of their page. They're like, is it Shrek? Nope. Doesn't work. All right. <laughs> um, I want to talk about this last, I think. So okay. Uh, I think this movie is also fairly poorly directed. Uh, yeah. I don't know if the director was not much of an action director, um, but they, I feel like a lot of the action scenes didn't have enough coverage where we're, we're getting a lot of like a sort of disjointed close-ups of things happening, and it's a little hard to follow what's going mm-hmm. on. And I noticed the middle of this movie, the the end felt a little better. Like maybe they reshot it or just had a little better of an idea of what they were doing. And the beginning felt okay. But the middle portion where they're traveling. Yeah. Uh, where they go to the giants and the elves and all those things. 
um, it reminded me so much of A Wrinkle in Time, oh. where it, the editing and the shot composition was just nothing but like medium shots and close ups to mm-hmm. where you get you never got like any sense of the of scale or of the the um, setting that they were uh-huh. in. Like every time, everywhere where they were with the giants, it's like it was just close ups of them green screened into places, and I think a lot of that has to do with like the difficulty of shooting these little humans with all these giants. Right. And like, it's, it's just kind of hard to do well, especially to figure out how to shoot it and portray that. But it just felt, it gave me a very similar feeling I got to when we watched wrinkle in time of just like, this feels like they weren't sure how to shoot all of this, mm-hmm. this like fantasy setting with like all these wild characters. So it's just lots of like close ups, and I don't know what I'm looking at most of the time. <laughs> it felt very similar. The ending got a little bit better in this one, like, uh-huh. and, and, and when they got into the set of the castle, and I think part of that's because they had castle self. They had like you know they had built these sets, whereas the middle parts they were like we'll just green screen it, like <laughs> we'll just and it, so it's like. Uh, I thought, like I said, Who Dancy I thought was really good. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised I don't see him in more stuff. I looked at his IMDb. He's in stuff. It's not like he's yeah. not working. I just like surprised I haven't seen him like in big things. Like, maybe this, maybe this tanked his career. Well, it didn't. I don't think it did because like he's working and he's in stuff and like yeah. po- fairly popular stuff. And like I looked up and it was like movies. You know, it's not like he's not in anything. But I thought he. I was like, what? Like, what? Well, he's actually really good. And I was surprised I hadn't seen him in like at least one big like. Maybe thing. this maybe this you know made I mean? him not want to do big things. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe he was like never again. Yeah. Uh they did kind of abandon the segregation storyline, but they do bring it back yeah. and the uh They they don't do enough with it. No, they don't do nearly enough with it. They kind of bring it back at the end where they all unite to help yeah. help her take down Edgar, kind of. Yeah. I mean all they really do is they like knock out the guards yeah none of the other people do anything like they knock out the guards and they walk into the hall like surprise we're here we're here all right fine um but yeah it doesn't go anywhere interesting which is kind of disappointing uh and finally i just it's a pretty wildly not good film yeah it's bad bad it's bad bad. (laughs) it is bad bad um you know I don't think that something more similar to the book wouldn't work as a movie. No, I don't disagree. Having read the book, um, I think, and this is kind. This is what I want. This is my wish list here. Um, I think if they had tried to do this more similarly to the style and tone of Ever After, yeah, the 1998 Drew Barrymore Cinderella retelling as opposed to just trying to cash in on the success of Shrek. Yeah. I think this would have worked really well. I think it could have. Everything you've described, I don't see any reason this couldn't yeah. have worked by by not, by not going with a more traditional fantasy setting, mm-hmm. uh, by taking it away from a parody, spoofy type film to a more traditional, just sort of like romantic yeah. comedy type. Yeah. Or even, you know, a, it can still be comical. It, like, a, a little more serious Focus a little more on like the emotional elements yeah. of it. Um, focus more on her interactions with her step family and that friction yeah. there. Yeah, and give her an actual relationship with the prince. Yeah, I I, I think it could have worked really well if they done that, but they didn't do that. And here we are. And here we are at the final verdict. No. 
Are you ready for your sentence? Sentence? But there must be a verdict first. Sentence first. Verdict afterwards. Okay. <laughs> um, I have like a page and a half long diatribe here. Yep, I'm just going to sit back and let you go we're just, crazy. We're going to get through this. All right. So spoilers. It's the book. The book is better. Um, and I could just stop there. But let's break it down. Okay. <laughs> Um, first off, this movie sells every single character short. Ella, Char, Mandy, Lucinda, even minor characters like Arita and Ella's father get shortchanged. Um, no one is as interesting as they are in the book. No one gets the character development that they do in the book. And now I don't want to go through every single character, but believe me, I could. Um, I want you to imagine clapping hand emojis. I could do every single character and talk about how this movie ruined them. Um, but I want to focus on Ella specifically. Um, the movie saps all of her strength and her personality. We don't really get to see her try to resist the curse all that much. Uh, she does tie herself to the tree, but it doesn't really have anything to do with like her willpower and her tenacity. She just ties herself to a tree. Um, she doesn't really have any endearing character traits or strengths. Um, in the book, she's really funny. She's super smart. Homegirl speaks like five languages. In the movie, she's sweet. Yeah. She's nice. Yay. Yep. <laughs> I, I just, and like coming off of that, Everything she does in the movie, she only does because of the curse. The fighting, the singing, the dancing. Like, what the hell kind of message is this? Like, I'm sorry, but for real. Like, the only interesting thing she does, she does because she's under this curse. Yeah. I mean, am I wrong? No. I mean, uh, the, uh, the only other interesting thing, but it gets abandoned, is that she's into this sort of pro-social justice uh, against the segregate. Like, that's oh, the only other... Oh, well, but let's get into that, okay. because that's my next thing. Uh, the social commentary in massive air quotes in this movie is so thoughtless and so superficial. Like, everything that she's into and her whole attitude, like, to me, it's so obvious yeah. and so cringy and so surface level. And you're right, they abandon it immediately. Yeah. Well, I don't even mean hit her with him. I just mean, like, her... I was talking specifically her ideas of, like, yeah, because she... It is so surface level in that she's like, oh, this political thing is so important. And it's not... yeah. For like the whole rest, the of, the whole movie. rest of the movie, it's not important. But this movie, like, it pays so much lip service to ideas without doing anything interesting with them. Like, oh, Ella, oh, she's so woke and she's so feminist. But then, like, the movie has her help with Char's injury for no reason other than that she's a girl. Like, there are other people there who are probably more qualified <laughs> yeah. to clean him and dress his wound. We but, don't like, see any she does it. Yeah. And then she's like always shrieking and squeaking. Yeah. Like, oh God, the noises she makes. Yeah. Ella would never. And then like there's the segregation metaphor and the slavery metaphor, but it doesn't mean anything and it doesn't go anywhere. It's not meaningful at all because it's not fleshed out enough. They put minimum thought into this. Like they wanted the cookie for doing the social commentary, but they didn't want to actually do it. 
And then on top of that, they arguably whitewashed Char. And the only people of people of color who are even in the movie are Lucinda, who's an idiot at best and a villain at worst, and Arita, who's barely in the story at all. And that librarian. I don't even remember who you're talking about. She's in the movie for three seconds, hands her a book, and walks away. Like, come on. It's just horrid. It's awful. They want to use this to their own end, but they don't want to actually do it properly. Also... In the book, Ella and Char's relationship, as I mentioned, develops over a span of the few years. Like, they're friends before they realize that they like each other romantically. And the movie reduces this to... It, the movie reduces this very healthy relationship to insta-love yeah. that doesn't make any sense. Which is, again, a horrible message yeah, to send. Yeah, and a problematic trope. That yeah. It's, it, again, for as, as subverses of the... As, as surface, surfacely superficially subversive subversive as this movie wants to be that's a tough sentence to say it can't even subvert that trope exactly like the most base level fairy tale trope yeah. of like insta falling in love it, the movie can't even be like let's not do that they're, yeah then that's why i say they're just paying lip service to yeah. all these ideas like they have them there but they're just at the surface. Yeah. They don't actually subvert anything or say anything interesting. That's not even an interesting thing to critique. It's been critiqued yeah. a million times by everybody, and this movie couldn't even bother to like do anything interesting with it. Also, the book is a retelling of Cinderella, but if I just saw this movie, I don't know that I'd necessarily know it was a retelling of Cinderella. Yeah. She's never forced to be a servant for her stepfamily. They don't even do the glass slipper thing at the end. You see them. You see them. At one point. At one point. But it's not at the end. They no. never come back. No. And then here's the big thing. This is, this is my, my really big thing. So in the book, she ultimately, she breaks the curse through her own strength and her own bravery and her own sacrifice. And apparently you read it that way in the movie. I did not. I read it that way, yeah. Um... But it's the moment at the end of Cinderella when the prince shows up with the glass slipper. That happens in the book. And Char is asking Ella to marry him. And at first her stepfamily orders her to refuse, but then of course they realize that they could use this for their own gain. So they start ordering her to accept his proposal. And Ella's in crisis because she knows that to marry Char would put him and his family and the entire country in jeopardy. And she's trying to resist and she's like having this flashback to all of the different like touchstones in her life where she's been forced to do things. Um, and she just starts saying no. She starts saying no, 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 I won't and no one can make me. And can I just tell you about women and the word no? Because we're taught not to say it. We're taught from a very young age to be polite and to be accommodating at all costs and at all times and to smile and to be nice even when we're scared or uncomfortable or if we don't want to be in that situation even. So, whereas in the book, like, this moment of triumph, at least to me, was like this kind of empty, meaningless bit of drama. In the movie. Yeah, in the movie. The book's moment of triumph is when the heroine says no. So you'll have to excuse me if I just find that a little bit more meaningful. So this movie is really, really bad. 
But the thing to me is that it isn't just bad. It also undermines everything that made the book powerful and that made it subversive and that made it meaningful to little girls who were raised on a steady diet of sweet, smiling princesses. I Yes, well said. Thank you. That's going to do it for the 44th episode of This Film is Lit, podcast where we talk about movies that are based on books. Before we get to our what we're going to be doing on our next episode, you could do us the great favor of rating and reviewing us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever, wherever you listen to us and download us and you can rate or review us. We would really appreciate it if you could do any of those things. You can also follow us on all of the social media where Katie posts all kinds of fun things. Uh, memes and whatnot on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Goodreads, and post memes on Goodreads, but you can follow <laughs> us there. Uh, we have a subreddit, which somebody actually posted in the other day. I need you to nice. respond to that. I don't remember. I, don't, I, I just saw it and I was like, oh, somebody posted something. And then I, I was busy, so I didn't get to respond to it. But I'll forward it to you so you okay. can respond to it. And that's it. So, Katie, what's next? Um, up next, we are staying in the realm of fantasy. Yes, we are. And we are going to do Stardust, book by Neil Gaiman, mm-hmm. movie starring uh, Claire Danes and Daredevil. Uh, Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever his name is. A movie that I love. Yes. I love that movie. So I'm really excited to, to do mm-hmm. this. I'm interested to talk about it, too. It's been, uh, I hadn't seen it, hadn't even heard of it until I met you, and we watched it, and I was like, wow, this is a really fun movie. Um, so I'm interested to, to see how it relates or how it corresponds mm-hmm. to the book, so we didn't really discuss that when we watched yeah. it. just kind of watched it and enjoyed it. But yes, Stardust is the next one uh, to look out for that in two weeks' time, and in, in one week from now, we'll be doing our prequel episode. Or we'll preview Stardust and do a learning thing segment of some sort. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yes. But until that time, guys, gals, non-binary, and everybody else. Keep reading books. Keep watching movies. And, and keep, keep being, being awesome. awesome.